Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Okay, well, I think we're going to get started. We are a small but mighty group. And my name is Mary Promota. I'm here on staff as the Director of Pastoral Activities. Good morning and welcome. We're recording this session, so we got to make sure that everyone's kind of speaking into the mic. My name is Fernando Gomez. I'm here on staff as well, and I help coordinate stewardship and development for St. Patrick. Great. Okay, so this is a test. What's the parish mission statement? GPS. <laughs> GPS. Go forth and serve the Lord. Okay, that's pretty close. Okay, how about if I... Um, Christian... Disciples in mission, living beyond Sunday. Okay, you guys got homework to do. So when we say our mission statement is Christian disciples in mission and uh, we're living beyond Sunday, what does mission mean? And so I thought it would be kind of cool to quote Pope Francis because we did have World Mission Day October 21st of 2019. And so Pope Francis talks about that every Christian is called to be missionary to share the good news of salvation in Christ and making disciples for him, not for oneself or one's clique of like-minded believers. Never heard that part before. Go, don't miss a chance to bear me witness. My brother and my sister, the Lord expects from you a testimony that no one else can give in your place. First and foremost, the important way to share the gospel with others is by living it, a life of service. It doesn't mean conquering, mandating, proselytizing, but rather witnessing, humbling oneself alongside another disciple and offering with love the love that we ourselves have received. So at St. Parish, at St. Patrick's as a parish, we do that pretty well, don't we? We have a pretty robust social justice and outreach program. But there is work above our pay grade. And the work above our pay grade, we have to reach out to our experts to help us do that work that we are called to. And so it is with great joy that we welcome the three agencies, three of the agencies that we work with, that are experts in their field that help us live out our mission on a day-to-day basis. So we have Debbie DiCarlo with Cancer Support Community. We have Brent Downs with St. Joseph the Worker. And we have Carrie Mascaro with Catholic Charities. So mission is only one piece of what we do. Um, our mission is always kind of grounded in GPS, as somebody said, the giving, serving, and praying. And so Fernando is going to lead us through that piece, and we'll get into our panel. Thank you, Mary. Well, well once again, welcome. Hope you guys have enjoyed the first half of the, of the day. This is my first home field advantage, and as always, I am so you know, so enlightened so, and so inspired by all the work that you know, St. Patrick does. You know, I've been... I've been coming here for some quite some time. I've been on staff, but as I get to know our parishioners and I get to buy into our disciple mission, um, we we have tried or we're working constantly on putting a laser focus on what that mission discipleship work looks like. For us here at St. Patrick, we have identified three areas of discipleship called giving, praying, and serving. All three of them are the building blocks for going out into the world, into the community, and bringing that gospel, bringing that Beyond Sunday attitude towards our communities. And like Mary said, we want to 
we reach out to our partners that do that on a consistent basis. So for St. Patrick, in closing, our giving committees, our praying committees, our, our, our serving committees, they all touch a piece of what we do as a parish, and we couldn't be more grateful for everyone being here and for allowing us to continue that mission and inviting others to come with us. Thank you for being here. So we've got a roaming computer and a roaming microphone, and I believe Cancer Support Community Voice Service. Okay. So it's just the Oh, okay. Uh, that's right. Okay, so um, thank you so much for welcoming me here. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, the last time I was here, I was here at, um, with, for Catholic Charities um, because that's where I came from. I worked at Catholic Charities uh, as the director of mission um, within mission advancement. And so it's a pleasure to be here for Cancer Support Community Arizona and to share a little bit about what we do um, and to say that we're gonna be doing it a whole lot closer to you guys soon um, in partnership with St. Patrick's and bringing what we do here closer um, as part of the new SJO ministry in the community. So we're thrilled to be able to offer that. But I like to, is that, that's probably, oh, arrows. Ah, there we go. That one tells you nothing. There we go. Um, so I like to um, tie in some of the amazing things that I heard this morning. And it occurred to me that really what today is about is transformation, right? So when we talk about GPS and about giving, praying, and serving, all about that is how do we transform our lives so that we actually mirror and look more like Jesus Christ. And so Cancer Support Community has given me a really unique perspective to be able to speak about this from. Because, how many of you have heard the saying from St. Augustine, my heart is restless until it rests in God? And I think that that is the root of all of this, is that each and every one of us is seeking deep, deep meaning so that our lives feel grounded in whatever way that looks like. And there is nothing quite like getting a cancer diagnosis to bring you right down to um, the very um, rootedness of who you are because it destroys, it blows up, um, all that you thought you held as a priority in your life. And that's just consistent. And that's really why we exist. So we started in Santa Monica, California in the early 80s. Um, and really, the, our star, our, the person who's our founder um, started as a caregiver. So his wife, Harriet, was diagnosed with uh, cancer, breast cancer in her case. And they, um, he was an attorney. He was an attorney of the stars in Beverly Hills. And he um, was very familiar with the 12-step model. And when Harriet was diagnosed, he looked for some type of support like that, and he couldn't find it. Um, and so he did what um, would resonate and sound familiar to all of us here. We've talked about St. Francis and St. Ignatius. He literally sold his practice, his attorney practice, very successful attorney practice, and he went to medical school and he became the very first psychotherapist to talk about what now we call integrated health that is part of every disease management that is managed. Um, and so from that time forward, the wellness community, which is how many of you have heard of the wellness community, um, is now Cancer Support Community Arizona. 
and it was so impactful and so effective for people in people's lives on their quality of their life and their survivorship skills that they opened up the very first um, cancer support community here in Arizona in an old, I'm gonna flip forward and then come back because I wanna show you. I think this gives you a really good idea. It is professional services provided for free that encompass the entire so emotional social journey. So it's mental health, it's healthy lifestyle, it's education, it's community, and it's resource and referral. 100% for free if you're impacted by cancer, right? So it's any cancer, any stage, any age. And it makes a critical difference because when cancer enters a family's um, environment and space, it, it, it can become everything, every waking moment. And so what we offer at Cancer Support Community is the, <coughs> these are our pillars, is the ability to be able to see that while life may indeed be changed, it still has meaning and worth. It really has, you really are still you, and it gives us an opportunity, spoken by Becky, to get back to the roots of, of what brings us life, where we can pause, it's a forced pause, granted, right? Like many people, most people will say, I would never wish cancer upon anyone but I would never change it for myself because I'm the person I knew I was meant to be. And so these are our pillars and these are some pictures of who is in our programming. So what does our programming look like? You all know what support looks like, th therapeutic support led by counselors, social workers. We do it in a home-like environment because the cancer journey itself lends itself towards PTSD right? Like you just don't want to be back in a clinic. You don't want to smell a clinic. You don't want to be cold like a clinic. So we offer these professional services, but in a place where you can let down and be who you are. So these are pictures of folks that we serve. It's everyone. One out of two people will be diagnosed with cancer <coughs> in, in their lifetime. One out of two people. And so when you think about who loves them, then now you can think the pool of who we serve is the entire community. And so when we can pull people back from um, the brink of hopelessness and show light and hope and faith and, and surround them with the strings and the bonds of community, then that in fact becomes lives that are transformed. And so uh, when I was brought on in 2016, um, at, at Cancer Support, it occurred to me that we were offering these amazing services in this beautiful downtown home, and we were licensed to serve Arizona. So we have since grown, and we just opened up an office in Flagstaff. So if any of you travel to Flagstaff, or you know people who travel to Flagstaff and they're impacted by cancer, exact same programming offered up there. And we really have been struggling to open up an, uh, a place in West Valley, because West Valley has the highest cancer diagnosis rate, new cancer rates in the state, um, and says a little bit about who ends up getting impacted by cancer, right? Because sometimes there's a lot of environmental issues, um, stress issues, and so, but we, we could not find a place to land that looked and felt like us. Um, and so we're launching a mobile unit, and it's literally being built this second to our specs, so it doesn't have showers or a bedroom. It has a, a beautiful support room and it has a cooking, demo cooking kitchen. It'll have a place for expressive arts. So all of that, so that then we can travel around Arizona and serve who is um, most, un serve the underserved, right? Serve the rural. Um, 
And so getting back to the mission of St. Patrick's, GPS, right? So giving, obviously, we're a nonprofit. We're, we're a tax credit eligible organization. Many of you saw our materials along with these folks in the um, bulletin. Um, and that's our primary way of supporting. So I don't think I really need to say too much about the giving financial side piece of it, but about the prayer. So Catholic, Char um, Catholic Charities, the Family Services for Jewish, what, I'm messing up the name, Jewish Family Services and the Presbyterian Church were originally at the table informing this. We are not associated with a particular religious identity, but our values are filled with faith and filled with what we recognize. Um, and so for myself personally, what I'll say about prayer is I'm the only organization here not associated um, officially with the Catholic Church, but I do what I do because I myself am Catholic. So each one of us are called to live, whether it's officially Catholic or not, to live out our faith, right? To be the hands of um, God's love in the world. Um, and, and so I think people can feel that when they come in, honestly. Volunteers come in, and we have volunteer positions for everybody, for professionals who are licensed professionals, although we also pay um, because we need too many, um, but all kinds of activities and events. Um, so many, many spaces for that to live your life out in this beautiful home, on the mobile unit, or soon to be here, mere steps from you. Um, but then the last one, um, the service piece. And so I think that at the end of the day, and I I'm, I'm sure I'm getting close on my time, but at the end of the day, when you are part of a community, we can define community all we want, but you don't know it till you feel it. And once you feel it, you are always looking for it. And you guys know that to be true for St. Pat's, right? You might go to other, other parishes around, but it's not the same, because you feel when you have community. And so that's really the service piece for us. People come in, and they themselves are served, and they themselves serve others, and they do it in community. So I thank you for coming today. I'm privileged to lead off this conversation with um, my, my colleagues whom I respect greatly in the roles that they bring, and that's it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so. Hello, hello. Thank you, Debbie. Glad to be here amongst wonderful folks. And kind of like when I was listening to Father Eric earlier talking about prayer and gratitude. And I'm so grateful to be here today. You know, our organization wouldn't exist without the prayer support and everything that St. Patrick's does for St. Joseph the Worker. You know, we're a 31-year-old organization that started in the basement of Andre House of Hospitality. So a couple priests sitting around, folks coming through the line, constantly saying, I need a job, I need a job. So Father Baxter and Father Fitzgerald said, well, you need to set up a nonprofit to help these people get jobs. And so that's how it began, rooted in the faith, started in the faith, and continues in the faith. And I'm blessed every day to be able to work at a place where I don't have to hide my faith. And I can talk about it with clients and everyone else and be excited about it. You know, because our organization, I tell people every day, it's impactful and it's simple. We do one thing. We do employment and that's it. And in the market we're in today, you know, this morning I got up, the first thing I do after I pray and have my coffee is check the job website. And there are 54,000 open jobs in Maricopa County today. And so we have an unemployment rate around three and a half to 
So jobs are plentiful. And folks say, well, why isn't everyone working? Well, imagine if you woke up this morning and you had no access to technology. You were standing in line to get a breakfast. You are standing in line to get a shower. And that's if you had a place to shelter. And you were thinking about, how do I get access to one of those opportunities? And St. Joseph the Worker becomes that piece where we bridge folks who are in crisis to opportunity. And so we're so blessed that we're so simple. You know, our continuum of services start with one-on-one -on -one coaching, resumes, cover letters, kind of that sit down and let's talk about it. Last year, I'll throw some numbers, 3,681 people went back to work. The last three years, over 12,000 people have gone back to work through St. Joseph the Worker. So we have a big impact in our community. But, you know, the thing for us is, is we get to see those lives change. And we get to meet people where they are because we're not government funded. We're funded by the community. So every dollar goes to people, not programs. So our money doesn't dictate how we serve our clients. So we get to meet folks where they are. And we have people that walk in our office today that have been out of work for a week. And you know, there's, you lose your job, you're in crisis. I don't care if it's a $12 an hour job or a $100,000 a year job. When you're unemployed, you're in crisis. And for so long, 25 years of St. Joseph Workers experience, not only had you had to be in crisis, you had to be homeless before you ever came in contact with St. Joseph the Worker. So we didn't even see you until you were in desolate, out of work, serious crisis. Today we have offices around the valley where we meet people where they are who aren't homeless, who are just in crisis. And we, like Debbie mentioned, you know, five years ago, we're serving all these agencies. We have 98 community partners who nonprofit and government agencies that we do their employment. Only four of them will mention us in mixed company, but they're out there and they allow us to serve their clients. And so we're able to go in and be so laser focused. So we were going to all these agencies and like us, they don't have space for offices. So we sat around and thought, you know, we need a way to serve clients mobily. So we said, let's get a work in Winnie. Is our work in Winnebago. And then, you know, we didn't have a model for it because nobody else in the country was doing it. And so we created the first ever mobile success unit geared around employment in the entire United States, Little St. Joseph the Worker. And we took this RV and we gutted it out and put a computer lab in where the living room was. We have a clothing closet where the bedroom was. And we took out the dining room and put our employment specialist desk there to meet with clients one-on-one. -on -one. And so we're able to go out in the community and serve clients where they are with a very simple and focused mission. And so we take it all over the place. We go to libraries. Because a lot of folks, to access technology, they come to libraries. And so we engage a lot of folks at the Tempe Library, the Burton Bar Library, libraries throughout the valley. We take it to other nonprofits, to schools where people are bringing their kids. And you know, 70% of our population lives one paycheck away from homelessness and crisis. So a lot of our families are on the verge. So we try to meet them where they're at and connect them with some of these wonderful opportunities that are in the valley. You know, we've never had an economy like we have today. And our goal was to try to give people that next chance to move along. And so we have one goal at St. Joseph's Work. I usually bring it with me, but we had to bring it to our new office. It's our bell. We ring a bell when a client gets a job. And when that bell rings, we stop everything we're doing, we clap, we celebrate. I walk out, I give them my business card, which has my cell phone number on it, the one I give to everybody. A handshake, which usually turns into a hug, because people that know me know I'm a hugger. It's just who I am. I'm a Southern guy, we like to hug. Love to hear Becky from Baton Rouge, that's where I'm from. So, you know, it's nice to connect. You know, but that's what we do. 
And so we greet that client because a lot of our clients haven't had success in their life. They haven't had a reason to celebrate. You're standing in line to shower. You're living in crisis. You have nothing to celebrate. So our goal is to celebrate this moment with our clients. And clients call me all the time when they get that card. Because you get that job, that's just the beginning. A lot of our clients get food and beverage jobs. So to go to work at a food and beverage, you got to have black pants, white shirt, non-slip shoes, a food handler's card, which you have to take a test for, and transportation. So at St. Joseph Worker, we provide all those things because we have the resources to do that. So that's like $80 worth of stuff. And so we have so many clients that get excited, I got a job, and then they stop and think, how do I get there? I don't have the uniform. I don't have the tools. We go to Home Depot and spend $500 to $1,000 for clients to go to work for the tools so that they show up that first day of work ready to go to work. And they're able to be a part of their workplace. They're able to be successful. And I get some of the most amazing phone calls from uh, giving out my business card. And one of them happened a few months ago. A lady called me. And she goes, you don't know me. She goes, I was going to the Tempe Library to do a resume, and I saw your mobile unit outside with St. Joseph the Worker on it. She goes, I've been going to the library for about two months. And she said, I was having trouble getting a job. She said, I've been out of work for nine years, 10 years almost. After I had my son, my husband and I decided I should be a stay-at-home mom. But unfortunately, she said at 39, my husband had a heart attack and died. And we had no life insurance. And so I'm in a home I'm getting ready to get foreclosed on with no family support. And she says, I had a professional background. I was doing resumes. I was going to classes. But I just wasn't connecting. And she said, I walked on the unit at St. Joseph the Worker, and I got greeted. And people helped me update my resume. Because resumes are complicated these days. They got keywords, and when you send them in, a computer looks at them twice before a human being looks at them. So a lot of resumes never make it to the recruiting person. So we have all those keywords. So we were able to redo her resume. And we were able to get her connected with some of our employer relations. And she was able to go back to work. And she said, my nine-year-old son got to stay in his school. And I got to get a job. And the company you connected me with helped me get out of foreclosure. And she goes, you know, I was so angry at God when my husband died that I quit going to church. And she said, your unit connected me back to my parish in Gilbert. And I'm so grateful for that. And I tell people every day there's more to that job than just getting a paycheck. There's only one way out of poverty, and that's a paycheck, and that's what we do. But there's so much more to it. There's dignity. There's respect. There's purpose. There's so many things we offer our client through the simple outreach of employment. And just like the GPS, you know, giving, we're privately funded. And what else do I need to say? You know, every nickel goes right to our mission. You know, prayers are key. There was a time at St. Joseph Worker when I got hired. Nobody told me this when they gave me the job. But I was, got there to bring a staff of seven down to four and to shrink the organization. And I got on my knees and I said, okay, God, you brought this former Southern Baptist preacher from Louisiana to this Catholic organization. You know, only in your world do these two things connect. Why am I here? And we had enough money to make it about four days. And the phone rang. And this was in 2012. And I answered the phone. This lady said, you know, you don't know me. You've never solicited me. I've never given you a donation. But my husband and I have a house at Desert, Mission, uh, Desert Mountain. And we've been trying to sell it for years and never had an offer. And she goes, I was in my women's group at St. Patrick's. And they told me to get a statue of St. Joseph and buried in my yard a certain way, and my house would sell. And she said, we did that on Friday. The house sold for full price on Sunday. 
And when our husband and I had an idea what we wanted to make on this house, and we're going to give you the difference. And that carried us for three months. And I'm like, that's how this deal works. That's the beauty of our name. People ask, how'd you go from 600 clients to 6,000 clients, from $400,000 a year to $2 million a year? And I say, that's God. That's a saint in her name. He goes, I cannot explain the growth and the excitement that's happened in our organization without mentioning faith. Because it's faith that gets us up every day, and it's faith that helps us serve our clients. And we're so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of something so wonderful. And like I said, we wouldn't be here without your support, without your prayers, and without your mission-driven. Because we have 14 employees that see 600 people a month. So we have hundreds of volunteers that meet with our clients and help us do our mission. So we rely heavily on volunteers. And so that's a big part of who we are. And so thank you for the opportunity to come here and share our client story and what we do. So thank you. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having us. And um, personally, I would just like to say that I have witnessed personally the effects that your organizations have on our clients and also me personally. And um, I am really honored to be up here with you all. So thank you. Um, so my name is Carrie Mascaro. And um, uh, yesterday happened to be my uh, 21st year anniversary uh, working at Catholic Charities. So um, I have like a much of my life um, being dedicated to Catholic Charities. And Catholic Charities really is considered the social service arm of the church. A lot of people, when we think about Catholic Charities, we say, oh, everyone knows about Catholic Charities and who it is, and we're a national organization. And really, we find out that people don't know that we're here. And so any opportunity that we have in order to be able to talk about the services that we provide, and maybe somebody might find something that really speaks to them and might want to become part of our organization with their time or their treasure or their talent, this is, a, this is a, any opportunity we will take to be able to talk about the good things that we do. And so I'm just going to take a few minutes. Um, I know we're a little short on time, so I'm going to probably go through some of the slides quickly and get to the specific maybe programs that we have because Catholic Charities serves all of Central and Northern Arizona. So we, let me, hold on, let me go to our, when you look up at the slide. So everything in orange there, that's what our organization serves. It's a very, very, very large area. We have over 22 different separate programs, um, and we have offices um, in Phoenix, in West Valley, East Valley, Prescott, Flagstaff, Cottonwood, and we're building a new shelter actually in Bullhead City. What I'm going to concentrate on today are the programs that we function, particularly out of Maricopa County, because those are the ones, of course, that are closest to all of you. Catholic Charities, by the way, started in 1933 um, by a woman who saw children on the street that weren't being cared for. And so her, on her own, decided to open up a home for those youth. And that was the cornerstone of Catholic Charities coming into to play in Arizona. And now started with foster care. And of course, now it's one of our core programs that we, that we incorporate into our services. So I'm not going to go through the Catholic social teachings and the works of mercy, but you can see that they really, they really um, complement each other, of course. So what they do is what Catholic Charities does is it takes pieces of all of these and incorporates those into our programs. So when we think about the services that we want to provide, 
we make sure that the services that we're going into speak to one of these areas so that we can truly live out our faith. Um, Catholic Charities also has a premise of seven Catholic social teachings. And so really what the Catholic social teachings in general do is they remind us, you know, we have our modern, we have this modern society and all of these new things coming up and all of these things that are combating the way that we want to feel and we want to work within our communities. But our, but our jobs are to build a just society and live a life of holiness among all those changes that are happening within the world today. When we pick a program, as I mentioned before, we match it with one of these Catholic social teachings. The dignity of life, call to family and community, rights and duties, love of the poor, dignity of the worker, solidarity, and care for creation. So as I go through some of the programs coming up briefly, you'll notice that each of them has a direct relation to one of those Catholic social teachings. And as I go through these, again, if there's something that speaks to you and really warms your heart, that's kind of what we're hoping for somebody to feel when they look at the things that we do within Catholic social teaching, within Catholic charities, because we wouldn't have our agency, just as, as, as my colleagues here up here, we wouldn't have this organization if it wasn't for the community supporting us. We have lots of volunteer activities. We have lots of areas um, in order to even go to the grocery store and pick up in-kind goods that our programs are needing. We have a ton of available opportunities to warm your heart and wake up in the morning and say, you know, what can I do today to help the, the most disenfranchised people within our community? And that's who Catholic Charities serves. Okay, um, we have a Care Campus Community Center out in East Valley. And so um, this is kind of like a, it's our newest kind of area on the East Valley. It's out in Mesa. Um, and if they provide after, after school services, prenatal care, early childhood education, and holiday assistance. We have a, um, a, I think it's called, I'm sorry, I can't think of it, uh, Santa, Emergency Santa, where parents can come in and if they volunteer an hour of their time working in the Emergency Santa store, their children can come in and they, they can come in and pick out for their children as many gifts out of that Santa store that they want to. So even the clients that we are serving are giving their time and talent. Foster care and adoption. There are thousands of children in Arizona in need of foster care services. And many of those children end up being in group homes and shelters because we don't have enough foster homes to care for them. This is one of our largest programs and one of our, I think, in, the, in, our, in our own communities, one of the biggest needs that we have is for people that want to open up their homes for foster children. In-home services. So this is also a program that we have out in our East Valley. Oh, oh sorry. I'm one, oh, I'm looking at this one. I'm one behind. Ah, thank you. I'm one behind, sorry. Um, our in-home services um, are services provided to families who might have some struggles in caring for their children. And in order to prevent out-of-home care, we come in and we provide services to them to make sure that their family remains intact. Um, parents as teachers. This is another program that's focused out in our East Valley area. And this is a program where it's completely voluntary. And so anywhere of, of a family where the mother is pregnant up until five years old, we can go into those homes and teach those families parenting skills 
because it, they on their own want assistance in doing that. And so this is the First Things First funded program funded by our tobacco tax. So our tobacco tax is helping our families. And West Side Head Start, this is our largest program. It's out in the West Side, um, in, the, in the West Valley. Um, interestingly enough, um, I've been kind of co-working the last um, three months, uh, working also as the executive director of our Head Start program. And I have to tell you, being embedded in a place where if you're feeling even a little bit down and you go out to a classroom of three-year-olds and you see the joy on their faces of learning, there is nothing that touches you more than a child smiling because they're being cared about. It is tr it's, it's an amazing program. Um, we also have our Dignity Diversion Program, and so th this is for individuals who have been sex trafficked. So um, there's a lot of misconceptions about um, women or, and men that have been sex trafficked, and so we try and go out there and educate the public on the trauma um, that these women and men have faced in, in going through that process. Counseling. We are actually embedded here at St. Patrick. We um, are in a couple of different parishes. Um, we have our various offices. Um, we have a lot of interns, and so this is a program that we're hoping to grow and grow. And um, this is a self-referred program where people that are just needing that extra assistance, they're going through some life struggles. Um, we have marriage counseling. We have working with children. And so we have a sliding fee scale for that. But what it does is that, you know, it allows someone the ability for one session, five sessions, 20 sessions to come in and just get that extra support from a certified counselor, from a, from a licensed counselor or through interns that are going through the licensing process. Joining hearts. Um, if you've ever heard of our pregnancy parenting and adoption program, we kind of rebranded that um, in the last couple years to our Joining Hearts program because truly it is a Joining Hearts program. We are the only adoption agency that is with the Diocese of Phoenix and we offer pregnancy counseling for those who experience an unplanned pregnancy and offer them life-affirming options for their child, whether they keep their child um, and they parent their child or whether they decide to place their child for adoption. We also licensed, license um, families who want to become adoptive parents, and we match those birth parents with those adoptive parents. And by the way, our, our Joining Hearts program for our parents that want to go into the adoption program, um, they do have to have a history of infertility. So again, even with those, those families, we're serving those that are the most needy and really truly, truly, truly wanting a child, and they're unable to have that on their own. My sister's place in Pathways. This is our domestic violence shelter in the East Valley. We do advocacy, and we also have a 16-bed shelter um, for those emergency situations where people are fleeing a domestic violence situation. Most recently, we have affordable housing. This is huge coming up in, in Phoenix um, now. Oh, actually, across the country. And so our organization, Catholic Charities, has embarked on a particular mission to build and provide affordable housing units to those who um, are under certain income qualifications. We now have, I think, five different apartment housing complexes. I'll go through these quickly. Unaccompanied minors, these are for unaccompanied refugee minor children, so who have, whose parents, who have no parents to care for them, they are brought over into the United States and we provide foster care. Refugee resettlement. Um, refugees, fleeing, fleeing areas where their life is at stake. They are brought over to uh, the United States um, by our Department of Homeland Security, and we provide them assistance. I'm going to go down. 
Okay, this is our last one. Um, and our Manor House, for those of you who have a heart for veterans, we now have a 76-bed transitional housing uh, facility for, vet for homeless male veterans. And I can tell you, it is full with 76 veterans every single day. So lastly, champions. If something here speaks to you, if you're wondering a little bit more about some of the works that we do, there, you have the opportunity to become a champion also. And our champions are those who go out and talk about our programs, tout our programs, tell people how they can get involved in our organization, and we work with the training and the providing the materials for that. And if you don't want to be a champion formally, just be a champion personally. Tell someone about maybe what you learned today, something that you said, well, I didn't know that, or reach out to us and we can provide more opportunities for you to learn about the really the wonderful work that Catholic Charities does. And here is the contact information. I also have some flyers down here. Um, if you're looking for just something where you're at the store and you want to pick up an in-kind thing, I have the programs and the different um, things that they might be looking for that might be able to be provided. Okay, sorry. Thank you. Told you, we're surrounded by great people all around in St. Patrick. It really, we really are. Uh, at this moment, we would like to open up the floor to facilitate some questions and answers from our panelists or from St. Patrick. Um, how would you, would you just like to go first or maybe in, the, in, in, in this order or just answer some questions as people may have them? Sure. Very good. Yeah. Do we have any questions from the floor that we would like to address? Mr. Twist. Go ahead, please. So there are two separate things because employment is multifaceted. So at St. Patrick's, we have um, like a basic, how do you make a resume? So we have two different types of employment ministry here. One helps them with the basics on how to interview, how to put a resume together, um, and a networking opportunity. 
networking, meaning, you know, we know, as Brent says, that it takes, you know, that the computer looks at it, uh, the resume twice before it gets to a human person. So we have a networking group here that they help you with your elevator speech, and then they go around the room and say, who do you know in this area that this person has um, um, interest in? And so they will reach out to the people that they know in those areas so that it kind of can bypass that, you know, two times on the computer and then to a real person. So that's what we do here, but we always, with our emergency assistance program, we have people coming in that are, are unemployed. We always send them down to St. Uh, Joseph's. Um, so it's not just one aspect for employment. It's multifaceted, and without them, like I said at the beginning, we can do what we can do to a certain level, and then there are things above our pay grade. And that's when we have to reach out to the experts who can you know, help us that have able body, mind, and passion to do the work that we need to do. We just don't have those um, specific skills and relationships that need to take place. So that's when we reach out to, to Brent and St. Joseph the Worker and the other agencies. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think in, in part of the thing was we've always been grounded in the homeless canvas downtown. It's been our only space, but now our broad, our reach is getting broader, and so we're able to kind of support some of these activities. So we do it at St. Thomas More now and Glendale, and St. Joseph Worker's never been in these communities. And as our relationships grow and our funding grows, we're able to be in different communities. So it's allowed us to kind of spread our mission to where before we weren't able to Any other questions? Any comments? Um, I just want to mention, um, the worker uh, assistant is not only for homeless and people who are really need, but he really reach out to many people who are not yet at that level of uh, distress. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Because what we've done for the first time in 31 years, we have our own office. Okay. So we actually have a St. Joseph the Worker office that has our name on it. So people can walk in and get assistance and get help. Where is that located and where would you take donations and what time? 19th Avenue and Bethany Home is our new office. We're looking at a space in Mesa as well, so we'll have one in the East Valley and the West. But we take donations at the downtown campus at, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank. 12th <laughs> Avenue and Madison at the Human Service Campus is where we bring in all of our We also have other agencies that we partner with, and that's, um, where's Ron? Ron um, is one of our parishioners that goes down to Andre House, and Andre House is very close, and I bet if we, every once in a while, Ron might be so kind as to <laughs> make a, a run for us. Yeah. Yes. I, I would, <laughs> yes, yes. So. Ron, you know, when we collect the socks and the underwear, Ron is our delivery person to uh, the Andre House. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so. One of the big ones is the coats are out of St. Patrick's. Yep. So and we're, we're yes. We yep. get hundreds of coats at our yep. shelter service downtown. Mm -hmm. Coats, staff coats, and it comes mm -hmm. from St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. So at St. Patrick's, we want you to recognize that GPS is not just for internal purposes, right? Giving, praying, and serving is something that is. Uh, 
a comprehensive way of life. You know, that comes from our baptism, that comes from our understanding of what stewardship is. So as you pray, give, and serve to St. Patrick, that's wonderful. Please continue to do that. We can't move on without you either. But to remember that that's only one piece of who we're called to be. Remember the quote that Pope Francis shared with us at the very beginning for World Mission Day? We are called to walk alongside others to share the love that has been shown to us. And so with all of the agencies, and these are only three, We've got, 100, we've got over, oh my gosh, over 130 ministries for crying out loud. We partner with a lot of people. And Father Eric always says, will the community know if we close our doors? Will we be missed? And I would suggest to you that that is true. The city of Scottsdale, and they're, they're non-religious they're non entities that we partner with because we believe being Catholic is more than just what happens inside these four walls. Being Catholic means going out and living the good news to whomever we end up encountering, right? And so I encourage you strongly that um, giving and praying and serving, you know, live in abundance. These agencies do so much good work. They need your giving. They need your praying, 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 <laughs> what a new word. And they need your service, you know? And so even though we're a small group in here, you now have been deputized to go out and to duplicate yourself. You know, I want you to make sure that you share with people the good things that are happening in all three of these agencies because, you know, we're all in this together, right? We are. I can tell you, um, St. Joseph the Worker, pay attention in the bulletin. Hike for the Homeless is coming up. That's one of the biggest fundraisers that they have, and it's a lot of fun. Ron, are you still on that committee? Ron is on that committee. You know, we go, we walk in the beautiful desert over there in McDowell Mountain, and we have a great time. We get a free breakfast burrito. We have a lot of fun. We walk, and we raise money for the good work that they do. They rely on us. Not to brag, but I will for just 30 seconds. I think we've held the largest participation. Is that the? Five years. Oh, my gosh, for five years, for crying out loud. Well, there we go. So we want to make sure, you know, uh, you know, a healthy competition is good, so we don't want to sit back on our laurels for that. I can tell you, Cancer Support Community, that house across the street that we bought for almost $2 million, we are hoping soon, we have been trying for a while, this lovely little place driving us nuts, but we hope to house the work that they're doing so that it's not just for St. Patrick. So anybody in the neighborhood, anybody that it's closer to come, to the house can access those services. That would be a blessing. When you're not feeling well, you don't want to drive all the way downtown. If we're closer, they can access that here, right in that house. Catholic Charities, my gosh, we partner with them on so many levels, it's crazy. There is nothing that your heart would tell you to do that these people can't help you do. So I just encourage you from the bottom of my heart, GPS is not only internal, it's external, and please duplicate yourself because that's what keeps it going. That's what it means to be Catholic. That's what the Pope is calling us and challenge, challenging us to do and to be. So thank you so much. Let us, um, let's close with the glory be. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thank you. Okay, just a couple of announcements. I think all of us have stuff up here. Yes, and stop at the table because they've got their table still out there in the parking lot. 
Um, they've got material up here. Leave your lanyard outside the door. Make sure you do your um, evaluation. It's online. It's on your name tag. And I think that's all we have to say. Thanks again. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.